Hey, this is PJ Souls from Halloween Carry Rock and Roll High School and Stripes, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Totally. <laughs> West Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Venomous Vinny. Good to be with you again, folks. We uh, lined up a fun little topic for tonight. Good little theme. Um, Sticking with the holidays, uh, like we did with April Fool's Day, which we hope you all enjoyed that one. And we're getting ready to celebrate our favorite, Mother's Day. Don't we all just love our mamas? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, uh, we will be covering Mother's Day, the trauma film, the Mother's Day remake, and wonderful film called Serial Mom. So, uh, where do we want to get started, boys? Had we seen these before? None of them. Really? I had seen none of them. You don't love your mom. <laughs> Why you not love your mama? <laughs> hey, look, I've seen Mommy Dearest, which in hindsight, maybe we should have watched that. I, I, no I saw Serial Mom when it came out a long time ago. What year was that? 93? 93, yeah. Saw that when it came out. Uh, I had I had watched Troma's Mother's Day before because someone said, this is actually a decent one from Troma, so I watched it. Um, and then I hadn't seen the remake until this. Yeah, I had only seen Serial Mom going into this episode, which... I loved it back when it came out. Yeah. Taped it off pay-per-view, had it on VHS, wore it out. Nice. Uh, I watched the original Mother's Day a lot. Um, Serial Mom, I've seen a lot. The remake of Mother's Day I've owned since it came out, which apparently was eight years ago. Um, it's set on my shelf on open <laughs> until this podcast. <laughs> you are such a weirdo. Checking boxes. <laughs> you got the original, you got to buy the, the remake. That's how do it you, works. Do you own the original? No. <laughs> but I used to at some point. I think I had it on VHS. You're like, I used to own it, so I knew I had to own the remake. <laughs> oh, oh, Puka's getting on the mic. Puka's getting on the mic. Um, all right, so why don't we start with the original Mother's Day coming from Troma. Let's, let's talk about the holiday Mother's Day real quick. If we're going to be in the holiday spirit here, and we're going to do some more seasonal type stuff, episodes based on. Now, you've all heard us do episodes where we talk about. Do people like seasonal though, and like keep it in with that, or is that a weird thing? I don't know, uh, folks. Uh, please write in and call and let us know if you don't like us doing seasonal films. Like I know some people, they're like, I don't care what time of year it is, I'm gonna watch whatever I want. Some people watch uh, The Shining uh, in the summertime. What is that? And some people are just like they like, oh, you know what? That movie to me, that's just camping, you know. And so. Uh, you know, some people just aren't into seasonal. So let us know if you're into seasonal. Uh, and if not, we will. I, I do, I do feel like uh, there are a lot of Mother's Day movies we could have done. 
Yeah. Like uh, Psycho, Friday the 13th, uh, Scream 2. Oh, yeah. Rob Zombie's Turbo Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any Mother's Day? They did Day? become about Mama. <laughs> mama! Do you guys have any Mother's Day traditions? With your mamas? Uh, mamas, mamas. We usually do bingo and... Nice. I typically get my mom something to plant. Okay. Flowers or we... like... Uh, yeah, flowers <laughs> or like a box. buried bush and things like that, rose bushes, and I'll plant, go out to the house and plant it for. That sounds uh, very nice. Um, <laughs> we uh, dad jokes for days, son. Uh, we always just have a, a nice dinner together. Yeah, give the gifts. Uh, my dad always plays. I remember Mama, an older movie, not to be confused with. I, I dismember Mama, Mama. <laughs> the, the superior of the two. Yes. Uh, I just take my mom out to dinner. That's usually the case. I sadly can't get my mom to do stuff in the last few years. So <laughs> she had a panic attack because a Goldie Hawn movie came out last year, and I think she knew that I wanted to take her to see it. So she doesn't like to do stuff anymore. So yeah, no, I was just kidding though. Typically, me and my mom will drive to a larger metro area, have a nice dinner, uh, and then go out and look for a vacant to kill and not tell anyone about it. <laughs> Just kidding. First one was true. Good times. Good times. All right. Jumping in with Troma's Mother's Day. Uh, Who's got dates and details for me? So Mother's Day, 1980. Uh, Kind of as usual with Troma, a lot of unknown actors. Um, Probably the names you need to know is it's written and directed by Charles Kaufman. And of course, produced by Lloyd Kaufman, the founder and Mm -hmm. godfather of of Troma. Mm-hmm. Am I saying trauma right? When I, I tried to do the voice thing on Infinity, it kept taking me to trauma films or drama films. That gives you a much different night when you watch trauma films. <laughs> These are actual movies. What is this? <laughs> Just kidding. JK's. Uh, I love the opening of this film where they're at like a motivational speaker <laughs> and uh, we get this notion that these these young punks want to lift home from this old lady because they're going to, you know, kill her or, or rob her, you Rape know? Her. Yeah. That too. That's Boy. What... <laughs> and, you were thinking uh, it. and then we get the good bait and switch <clears throat> where actually the old lady was taking them to kill them with her sons. So that's a fun start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> the bait and switch. Yep. That was cool. <laughs> Did you guys watch this movie? Yeah, that, should, I'm just pointing out that's the thing I liked about that, this. Is that movie. Note? Yeah. Should, should we do how we feel about the film? Initial thoughts. Or? I like that it got rapey within the first seven minutes. You know that always sells. That me. that always always uh, sells me. You ran out and bought it. We used to. Uh, my dad would break this out at Christmas time when all the little cousins were out, and I'm like, this is pretty. Uh, I would say number one, if you don't like horror movies or nudity, gore, rape. Uh, holiday films don't watch and uh considering my cousins used to tell uh we'd have arguments over watching harry potter because her kids couldn't watch that kind of devil worship so my dad would uh break this out at christmas time and then uh he uh always likes to commentate so he'd always be like watch this watch this old george Strait. so yeah that was a good times with mother's day but nice and then your dad would write a number one country song he wrote several (laughs) several (laughs) Uh, initial thoughts. Like I said, I'd seen this before. Um, I don't remember being crazy about it the first time. So, you know, just give it another view for this. That being said, 
I think it's it's uh of the more coherent of the trauma films. I will, trauma trauma. I will absolutely agree. With it that. it definitely is more of a coherent storyline than ninety five percent. I of was ple- I was pleasantly surprised having not seen it before and having seen trauma movies in the past. I was pleasantly surprised with. Uh, it's not Casablanca by any means, but considering some of the things they put out later, yeah, though, I didn't. I, I think didn't, this and I didn't Toxic think, I didn't think it was are, that bad. Are there probably stronger films? I was pleasantly yeah. surprised by it. Uh, I, I got into it. it was a little, little too much rapey for me in a movie. That always puts me off of a project. But uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, and I was pleasantly surprised for a trauma film. I thought it was actually probably one of their better outings. Uh, I'm gonna be a negative Ned. On this episode, I did hate it. I thought it was 10 years late to a movement. I thought it was totally a mess. Um, I thought that they drug the banter out with the girls through the, the first, like, third way too long. And then I thought that the humor was completely not funny in between all the sleaze. And so, like, with exploitation films, I don't mind the sleaze if that's what we're aiming for with the film. But for this, I just... I couldn't jive with it. I mean, I respect what you guys are talking about in terms of production value and, and trauma's approach with it compared to a lot of their stuff. But um, for me, it just, it just didn't stick. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm never watching this again. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've always, I've always, I hate to say that this movie's fun because I've watched in the movie, but I'm like, I don't know. I think this movie's fun to watch with people. Is it the best? No. Um, I think the characters it are is, very I, over the top. I, I, so almost I'm, cartoonish. Besides the characters, it is really weird that he just... I guess I never really thought about the subject matter. To me, it's it's a holiday movie. So to me, it fits right in when they started doing all the slew. And it's, it's kind of in a gist to rip off of Friday the 13th big time. That's what I was but watching. I, never, I said, oh, oh, finally, a horror <laughs> movie set at a campgrounds. Well, I never, <laughs> I never really thought much, though, about... Um, I spit on your grave and like, like those shock and like last house on the left. So it is, if, if you're going into it with that kind of a, cause it is, it is, it's lighthearted, but some the they're raping and you know, I spit on your grave. You don't watch and laugh. So hell no. So there is some stuff that's out of place in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the weird exercise montage <laughs> to the Rocky ripoff. <laughs> I think uh, like no matter, uh, I think probably the first time I saw this was like in the eighties. Um, the scene that always stood out for me though. And I, I so I think the, the gore, the, the special effects are kind of cheesy, but where the, the girl hangs the girl out with the sleeping bag mm. and the rope burns in her hand. I thought that was pretty, mm. pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, a, I, th- I guess that's, uh, what I mean by being pleasantly surprised by it being a trauma film. Uh, I still think it's over the top. I still think it's cartoony, uh, and it's definitely full of sleaze, but I was like, there were some practical effects that I was impressed with. Uh, not the dude's fake teeth. That was not something that I was impressed. <laughs> Those weren't <with>. real. <laughs> but uh, I guess say I guess my expectations were so low for this movie that I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> when I watched it. Yeah. I uh, we get to see Queenie, I like Queenie. Um. So, yeah, for those of you listening, if you haven't seen it, the setup, again, it's this mother with her two super crazy, uh, rapey, redneck sons. And uh, they live out in the country, and basically they uh, they kidnap people and torture and kill them. That's the premise. Yeah. And, well, on the other side of it, it's three women who every year get together and, and just take off into an unknown place 
uh, and, and tradition of like <clears throat> them spending time together from college and which that, I don't know. That was the, the three girls were a little bizarre, but this is basically like the, the crazy ass neighbors from Friday five <laughs> meets the girl next door. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, uh, yeah. like I was yeah. thinking, it's just, I was thinking yeah. like Benny Hill presents. I spit on your grave. <laughs> I saw a girl next door on Blu-ray at the pawn shop on the south side of Muncie for two dollars, and I still didn't buy it. I'd have, so I I'd, I'd still have, too much. I'd have bought it and burned it, so nobody else would have had the chance to be scarred by it. But who bought that movie and then sold it to a pawn shop on the south side of Muncie? Anyway, I digress. Uh, so yes, um, movie. Uh, <laughs> the, the, basically it's very simple there's nothing new about the storyline to this no it's, there's nothing ground it's what was done numerous times throughout the 70s where you have the only difference is you have kind of groupings so you have the three girls the uh, reunite and head out on a camping trip and you have the mother and her two as you said uh, rapey uh, <laughs> comically challenged sons yeah um, and we get into the attack that happens, the fallout from that, we lose one of the girls. Then we have the dusting themselves off, the training. It becomes Rambo. Ready to fight back. <laughs> I mean, it's like a dozen exploitation films. And I'm not yeah. trying to be heavy-handed here, but the difference is is those took it more seriously. No. And that's what's weird And I'm me. not arguing with you. And I'm not. I totally understand. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm offended. I'm not. Right. Art is art. Movies, right. all that. Well, but let's, it's let's just, be careful calling this art. Right. But it's just, I've, that's the weird part for me is something like I spit on your grave is tough to watch on purpose. Whereas this is still dealing with some of the same concepts. But, but it's trying to be we, a comedy. But we have all kinds time. of jokes in between yeah. it, and it's just a weird watch for me. And I understand, to a certain degree, that's Troma's brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm not knocking that. And I think that it's it can be a really fun Friday night popcorn movie for a lot of people. But for me, I need something to either nail it on the comedy or on the scares. And this is kind of just somewhere in the middle on both. And that's oh, why, and I'll for totally me, agree it, with it, that. it's kind of an androgynous Yeah, beauty. I'll totally agree with that. So I never, I never thought of it as, as the, the exploitation. Like I spit on your grave. Always, I always thought of Friday the Thirteenth, even down to like the where they mentioned Queenie a hundred times, and, and at the end it's like the weird, it's like the. I won't say that word because Robert's looking at me, but the little boy in the lake comes out. So. Ah. <laughs> Sounds like Longoloid. Yeah. Longoloid. Longoloid. I like the arguments over disco and punk. Yes! I'll, I'll, I'll give it that right there. Punk sucks. Disco's stupid. <laughs> While they're both getting ready, which means combing their hair that doesn't move. Uh, I, I like the inflatable titty death. Yeah, I, my note was death by rubber titty. I guess there's worse ways to go. <laughs> And, of course, uh, the little mother revenge at the end. There. I like the hatchet to the balls thing. That was pretty sweet. I want to know who was responsible <laughs> for Tommy James and the Shondells approving. <laughs> I think we're alone now. There is no way that was cheap to have in this movie. No. And they used it on a flashback scene of turning the lights on on a guy on a football field with his balls <laughs> out. I like I, That had to be half their budget. Had to be. To have that song in there. When that came on, I was like... No way! Is this really <laughs> happening right now? Children behave. Do you think? Uh, do you think this is a time period where they paint? Like, I, I feel like that's an issue 
now, not not necessarily back then. Mm. I, I don't know. That. You don't hear popular music and exploitation and B films yeah. very often. That's shocking. All right. So <laughs> that said, uh, any other thoughts on uh, Troma's Mother's Day? Um, I don't have any other notes. It's not one I would recommend to people that I think they would love from no. from that. But at the same time, if you want something for you know themed for the holiday, there's worse movies you if can you watch. If you feel like you've watched everything, and there's nothing from that time period that you feel like is left for you to watch, watch this movie. Another good angle on it would be if you're really interested in trauma, check it out. Yeah, there's yeah. much worse offerings they have than this. Oh yeah, this is a good one to check off the list yeah. if you're interested in watching some of them. Oh yeah, movies. like I said, I. I'm not crazy about this movie, but it's definitely one of the better films still, they've made. I still enjoy it. I get it is kind of a you. You probably got to watch who you watch it with, but yeah, right. or who you would recommend it to. Yeah, not showing this to mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom. My mom does not like horror movies. Okay, moving. I was gonna say the guy. The one guy in there says "bitch" a thousand times. I just had to say that. Okay, well, with the bad teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, oh my god. Bitch. Yeah. That's all. All right. Well. uh Professor's looking to make the next remake of this. So, (laughs) (laughs) moving right along to uh, Mother's Day 2010. 10, yes. Uh, So, so the other one is is nobody's. This one, Rebecca De Mornay, Jamie King, who has been in a hundred remakes, Patrick John Pfluger, Warren Cole, uh, Sean Ashmore, Frank Grillo. Sean Astin. Not in this movie. <laughs> uh, I was trying to find the her name from... Uh, it took me a while to realize that she's from True Blood. Uh, and yeah, then... Uh, sister. Apparently Lord, she's also from the Daredevil. Lord Kaufman made an appearance, which I didn't Netflix catch. Um, oh, yeah. It's but a, I, uh, Colin Farrell, too, that's in this. <laughs> the dude that just wants to be Colin Farrell. <laughs> so, and then uh, directed by uh, Darren Lynn Boisman from Saul... Two, three, and four. Bowsman. Bowsman, sorry. Uh, Saw two, three, and four. Repo, the genetic opera. Which uh, a lot of the, if you notice, a lot of the cast were Devil's from Carnival. Saw, Saw Devil's Carnival. Bowsman has got some chops. And yeah. then uh, Lloyd, Lloyd and um, Charlie Kaufman get credit for producing. I saw that, yeah. So uh, where the first one was like a low budget movie, this one, higher budget horror film. Deborah Ann Wall is. Yes. Who is from Daredevil and, and True Paul Wall's aunt. Yes, yes. Pow wow. <laughs> Folks, I hope you don't come here for facts. Um, <laughs> fake news. We're mostly just ribbing news. each other. We are living in a time where you can just say whatever you want. <laughs> yes. So you know that. Yes. So, um, everybody's first viewing? Yes. 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 Boy, uh, initial thought. This one... Uh, had me nervous and sweating pretty much from the get-go until the credits rolled very uneasy i'm glad you said that because i found this one hard to watch where the the first one was kind of goofy so it almost took you out of it yes. this one was this one was so grounded that i was disturbed by a lot yeah, of what was happening. i almost had a fucking anxiety attack watching this thing it made me a nervous and even uh when when mom shows up <clears throat> at first i kept thinking is this a remake because yeah. the plot the plot is different, uh, which someone wants to go into that. Anybody? So, Anybody? Um, three guys. Three? Two. Three. three. 
three guys uh, botch a robbery. Uh, one of them gets shot. They're being chased by the cops, and they go to what they think is their mother's house. Which has been foreclosed. It's been foreclosed on, and now new people live there. Those people who live there are having a birthday party, and it's under the threat of a tornado. So that gives some good, uh, con- you know, just good uh, addition to the, like the whole thing about staying in the basement. Tornado might be. Well, not only that, I kept asking where the hell is everybody in town, and then I kept reminding myself there's a threat of a tornado. Yeah. So. Um, these boys show up to what they think is their mother's house. They find out it's not their mother's house. They are obviously... Because the, they're brothers, and the one brother is shot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they make an executive decision that they're staying here. <laughs> and they're going to try and get help for their brother. They are going to try not to kill anybody. Um, but let's face it, they're criminals, you know? And, and one one is your stereotype loose cannon. Yeah. Well, and then when mom shows up, too, there's a problem that they've been sending her money, allegedly, to the house. Uh, and no one knows where the money is. So Yes. Yep. I thought this movie had a great open. Mm-hmm. Great open, I thought. Um, I am not one who enjoys anxiety. <laughs> and so this movie... <laughs> I love it. Like, this movie... <laughs> ain't good enough. <laughs> this, like, and I, I told... Grizzly, I had said, you know, I was hoping I wasn't looking forward to watching another movie. I didn't know what I was getting into, so I didn't know ahead of time. But once I started watching, I was like, boy, I'm glad we're watching this this close to after I watched The Strangers. Like, I was totally in the mood to be in another home invasion scenario <laughs> for this podcast. Um, the, mo- I, the movie kept me interested. It kept me on the edge of my seat and about to have a panic attack for the entire time that I was in it. There were some things that I thought were silly. There were some things. Most of it made me uncomfortable. At the end of the day, I will say that I enjoyed this movie. But I will probably watch this movie the same time I watch The Passion of the Christ again. Like it's, for, for listeners, could you clarify? What, that it's too much? Just it's too much. Like how it's, often you watch Batch and Yeah, Christ. not often. <laughs> it's just it's too I much. I thought you meant every good Friday. No, yeah. I was you like, mean, all right, no, good for you. No, it's it's too much. I don't know if it's tied into Easter. No, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. too it's too well done. It's too much. It's it's too much uh, anxiety. It's it's too much feels. It's too much everything, and it's sensory <laughs> overload. And I don't think I, I, I liked it. But I will never be in the mood to watch it again. So this will not be a Good Friday double feature. Negatory, good buddy. For you. I uh, I had no idea, um, and it would kind of make sense who directed it that because it did have that weird. It, it, it's it's not Saul or Hostel, but it almost had that feel. It has that torture porn feel to it. In uh, a way. It was it was uncomfortable. That's fun. And it kept, I wouldn't call it torture porn. It no, kept, but it had that, it, it wasn't, it had that but level it, of anxiety. Yeah, yeah okay. That's and and, and uh, some of the death scenes was like... Because it, it felt gritty and and real. Um, oh, yeah. So some of the death scenes were a little bit like, like damn. Um, like, even on... It, it's really weird. Like, there was a couple brothers I felt almost sympathetic to. And then when mom shows up, she's, like, really calm and, like, wanting everything to run smoothly. She's like perfect mom. She's yeah. like soccer mom. And she's yeah. reassuring all the the people at the house. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, this is the well, situation we're to in. Because it almost become those like newer zombie movies like Walking Dead where you get put in a situation and it's not always necessarily the threat. 
but who's in your uh so they started doing that weird thing where you're gonna fight to the death of like i'm gonna let one of you live but you gotta kill the other yeah and uh they put the guy in charge in the basement because his wife is taken uh but at the same time you have human element where it's like if we can escape we're gonna try to escape um and then you have people that are donald trump and they're gonna run back in the building and save everybody <laughs> even without a gun <laughs> And then you have the real people that are like, you know, what what could we have done? Um, yeah, I, f- I felt like the whole movie, I felt edge of my seat the entire time this movie was on. I had to poop the whole time. <laughs> now, <laughs> Professor, I want to hear your opinion on this. I'll be the turd in the punch bowl here. <laughs> I hated this movie. Um, Do you just wow. hate moms? I guess. I They set the plot in 10 minutes. That's the plot for the film. Ten True. minutes in, we're good. Yep. And then it goes on for two hours. No, I can see that. Um, it's we've all everything that we're tackling has already been done to death in this movie. Within the Saul films, we have all the unlikable people. We learn their backgrounds. We play out why they're all shitty. It, with the nihilist ending, like there's nothing positive throughout this. Now, no, there isn't. There's there's some things about it that I did like. I thought that the go- over-the-top gore was kind of out of place for what felt kind of like a, a safer studio movie. Uh, you could feel Bowsman's effects, mm-hmm. you know, that he had on that. Um, but at the same time, this even the same plot has been done numerous times, dating back to the 50s with Humphrey Bogart and the Desperate Hours. It's just... The, and and at this point, too, we're, we're getting near the end of the Saul franchise. I can't remember what year the last one came out for that. So we've already done those. We've already done a ton of home invasion films. And we even have uh, modern ones that aren't your just straight traditional big successes in America, even something like Funny Games. That, you know, there's all these things that are, have already been done numerous times. Here's, here's where I'll interject on that from my perspective, though, okay. is that I personally have avoided films with that kind of flavor because it just, I don't like the feeling that comes with it. So I haven't been exposed to all of those others. So I think that's why I probably got more enjoyment out of this film than you did. Did, did, yeah. did anyone, because it's not done to death to me because I haven't seen a lot of the stuff, you know what I mean? And, 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 so I, I think that's what that, that might be what differentiates our opinion on it. Did, did anyone expect this movie going in though? Cause after, especially if you watch the original first, this one kind of no, depart- I didn't know what it, was. it, de- it departs, no it departs greatly from the original. Yeah. Um, I mean, like character-wise, and that barely, I, barely affiliated. The, it has the idea, and they mention Queenie, I think, twice. Which, mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert, she's not. I almost wanted the ending of the movie for like, or like Queenie to come out, but <laughs> How, what was the noise that Queenie? I'm sorry, makes? I, went, I went full there, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But I I get what you're saying from your end, but I think that that may be the departure on why I would get more enjoyment out of it is because I've not been exposed to movies where I feel like it's been yeah. done to death just because I well, haven't seen it. And when we get into being really mean spirited in, in these films, I'm on board. If there's, if I feel like there's some heart and true horror to it, but I, th- that never really clicked for me with this. Like I kind of checked out when Rebecca De Mornay was making two guys Queenie. fight to see which one of their girlfriends was going to screw her son so he wouldn't die a virgin. Who, by the way, what the hell? literally was dead, yeah. and then 10 minutes later is DTF. Yeah. 
Like how how does that even physically work out? Yeah. So I, I like that the the daughter kept bringing up though that you know that it's a woman's choice and she kept questioning why her mom is doing all this stuff and yeah. Um, it was definitely like I I never, I didn't expect this movie. I expected almost. Uh, I didn't ex- I didn't know what I was getting. So into. I mean I knew it was a remake. I was expecting in the woods and crazy mom and you know uh totally departure. Um. I, I, I think if the characters would have been more redeeming, it might not have been as heavy either. Because uh, there was a lot of shit hills in this. Like, like the, like, the, don't steal the baby at the end. The, yeah, at the, at, at, at the end of it, like, after watching, <laughs> after watching all of that, I was at the end, I was like, oh, God. Like, you're, yeah. you're not even going to give me a good feel to walk out on? Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Well, well even even the character. So the 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 one woman gets away, and she tells the the guy he's got three minutes to catch her. And I'm like, so there was never like like finally someone escapes because it's just like at that point I was like everybody in this movie's goddamn stupid. <laughs> and well, and and the professor's right. They all are shitty people. Yeah, nobody is really likable. Well, the the, the guy's fiance is about to get raped, and he did just sit there and, and was going to watch it. And, but then like like he gets his face blown off, which was that's kind of fucked up. I like the gore effects. The, yeah, the, the gore effects. Were the great. guy gets uh, the guy gets uh, burning like water poured down his ears. That was fucked because up. his wife ran away. That's why I say it borders on torture porn. Well, and 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 it's weird because most set now they're on fire. Most yeah. of the, most of those characters were characters from like asshole characters from the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I just sorry, I was gonna say I just need a little bit of humor or one character for me to latch on to. It was very and heavy, I'm, and I'm very very forgiving. Very for horror in the new millennium, if there's just one person for me to latch onto a little bit, yeah. there just really wasn't any. Which there was, film. there was to me. There was Jamie King, and then because this movie is what it is, they're like, nope, yeah. she's a horrible person too. So, I think this is a good movie, and I would recommend it. Um, it's it's almost like, um, but it's almost non. I don't know if it's because of the cast or like Rebecca De Mornay, because it's definitely horror. Yeah, but it almost has that non-horror. Like it's it's almost a thriller at the same time, but it's an odd movie. It is. It is, and that's the thing. Like, um, yeah, I'm. I, I don't think I ever want to watch it again. Um, I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> but but I, here's but, what but I would say: I don't want to watch it again because it's. It's almost like those, uh, like Schindler's List. I don't get excited to rewatch. Right, that movie. that's why I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I and it's had that because it's done so well, and it's such a heavy movie. It's not something that I'm like, hey, let's. There's a fun Friday night, you know. Yeah, it's very heavy. I, I liked it, but I think it's it's very a heavy, heavy flow. Very heavy, so heavy flow. So uh, what I would say too is that, um, especially putting it in reference with Darren Lynn Bowsman. I would watch this movie before I'd watch any Saw sequel. I think some of the Saw sequels became the same way where it was almost, they're almost too much to keep watching. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's never, that was always my complaint with Saw. Never a happy ending. Never. And that seems to be a theme. And that is, I can deal with an unhappy ending, but there has to be, there has to be a moment where you catch your breath and, and, and you're not like, these movies are just so heavy the whole time that it's just, it takes so, something so out do of you. you. Do you let me let me pose this question? So, at the end of uh, say House of a Thousand Corpses, mm-hmm. you get old boy popping up out of the back seat. Those movies it's to me really are kind of fun. It's really not that different. It's really not that different. You know what I mean? It's really not that different. 
But do you think because that movie was so stylized and because it was a little more over the top with the art direction, maybe a little more cartoony with characters like Captain Spaulding, that it's easier to swallow an ending like that than it is after the serious just... Certainly, because you know, throughout, do you think that's why we're more forgiving of that of something I'm, like that? Yeah, something like House. That's a, I think, a great point. I think with House of a Thousand Corpses as an example, I was supremely entertained through that entire film. I laughed. I was impressed with the way he shot the film. <laughs> Did you cry? No crying. But there was different I forms do. where that film entertained me. Whereas this one, I kept waiting for something to latch onto, and so the punctuation on the end pisses me off even more. Whereas it's not really that important to me in a film like House of a Thousand Corpses because, uh, you know, not that it matters, but I'd already kind of checked out on the last third of that film anyway. Oh, that's fair. But, that is very but, fair. But I, I had a blast with the movie, and so its work was already done. I, the, it, that film wasn't contingent on the way it ended. Whereas okay. this, and that's just me as a viewer, and I, I do want to say this, in fairness, if this film came out in 2002, I'd be all over it. Mm-hmm. And that's... It's not speaking to the quality of the film. It's more my experience as a viewer. Okay. okay. I had already seen X number of films sure. that checked all of this stuff off to where this was just kind of like, you know, boring for me. So, yeah, it's... I, I see where you're coming from. I do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to... It's, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, yeah. I think uh, I think I, you're definitely justified in your yeah. stance for sure. It's it's not the shittiest movie I've ever seen. I don't want to sell no. it that way. It's just for me, I wouldn't recommend this to someone who has seen Fair all of the movies that I'm mentioning. But if if you look at it and you go, "Well, I haven't really watched the Saul movies or Funny Games," and that's check me. it out, and that's like, me. Co- collector, hostile, like there's right. there's ten years worth of this, and that's why this one hits more with me than a lot of those other films is because this is more believable and realistic. And I think that's why I, I think that's the redeeming value of it in the, in the scheme of this conversation is that I mean, home invasion films scare everybody, you know what I mean? And right. so like, to me, like this is more believable than like someone put my head in a trap and I have to dig a but key out of someone's colon. The difference for me as a viewer with those is it goes somewhere. Yeah. We learn more and there's an end game. This movie's done ten minutes in. Like we, they're here. They want stuff, and they're gonna hurt people until they get what they want. And that's all we do. And I wouldn't have a problem with that if this movie was eighty-five minutes. Yeah. It's the fact that we took a hundred and twelve minutes after having the plot set ten minutes in. To me, and that was just my problem with it. Well, and that's a good point. I like what uh, Rob G and Elric always say. The first eighty minutes. Is- are free? Does it say eighty or ninety? They say well, the first ninety minutes are free. Yeah. You you got to earn every minute after that. Well, I, when I it comes like, to horror films, well, well, yep. I was gonna say horror films too. We grew up on a horror movie didn't run ninety minutes. Yeah. And now they're like three hour epics. Yeah. Um, I think this one walked a thin line because, for me, it's a it's a remake, and so I always gripe. Uh, you know, you do need to bring something new to a remake, or or what's the point? But then, I was expecting. <laughs> The, the goofiness, I guess, of the first... I, they brought something new. It's a whole well, new movie. Well, you know, and, and yeah. I, I knew uh, I knew that it had more serious actors, and so I expected a serious, more serious tone. But, like, the plot was different. Like, Do you think about the nod? They were just nods from Bowsman, like mentioning all, Queenie at one point. Yeah, because, you know, if you took all that out, it's really just 
Mother's Day unaffiliated. Um, I did really like this movie, but to me, the first one, and again, I, I never, I've never thought about the first one until you brought it up, thinking, uh, comparing it to Last House, and and I know what you, I almost said I know what you, I know I know you spit on my grave. <laughs> Boy, that's Last a di- that's a different film. What's well, uh, a <laughs> trademark, trademarked right now? Um, but uh, to me, I always thought of Mother's Day. I always compared Mother's Day to Black Christmas, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, like all of those. I never. I never thought of him as I spit. Um, this one is more of that. I don't know. It's 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 heavy and grounded. And um, again, I hate saying a movie that has rape and stuff is fun, but the original one was campy, camping, and so it was a. Uh, it had that less serious tone. This one was like a little bit too much, but I enjoyed the movie. I You're, thought it was a really good this movie. Is, I think I think it's interesting I'm that you, you can compare the two Mother's Days. Look at how much time we've spent talking about this one versus the other one. Sure. Yeah. And I think that itself speaks to the difference in filmmaking. With but I, I'm, and I, I will, I will bitch at my dad for talking at the damn movie. And I watched this by myself and I caught myself so many times like you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, like even the, the two girls that show up at the ATM. Uh, I'm like, man, at, at what point did you not realize something's fucked up is going on? You need to get the hell out of there. And the the one chick even killed her friend. Yeah. Like, really? You didn't think he was going to kill you, too? I was like, this was full of dumbass people, and it stressed me out even and more. And shitty people. Yeah. And, again, it made that error that so many films do. There were so many chances for these people to there were, there was, there was take control. There was two characters in me that had humanity, and it was the, the daughter that was um, of, of, the, of the, yeah. the people, and uh, George, who was the doctor. Iceman's from yeah. uh, X-Men. Is that yes. Iceman or the yeah. twin? That's Iceman. Either way, I'm making a sandwich. But <laughs> Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, and Frozen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie pointed it out to me. Carrie recommended like, this go. film to me because she had seen it. and She's a big fan of the director, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. She likes Bowsman, loves Repo. Um, she recommended this to me. And, and I, like I said, I'm glad I watched it because I watched it before we did it for this episode. Um, but yeah, she pointed out that that was old boy from Frozen. I was like, I knew, I knew that old boy from I, somewhere. I knew, I knew. I honestly, I, knew, I, knew. I didn't expect this movie to be that good, to be honest. And it is really good, but I do agree. It's not something I'm going to be it's putting taxing. on all the time. It's taxing. Um, and it's not a fun movie that I would think like friends are coming over like, Hey, what right. movie should we watch? <laughs> Got some pizza. Let's watch Mother's Day. <laughs> I have girls just want to have fun and I have Mother's Day remake. Girls just want to have fun. What was that one you made me watch with the girls at summer camp? Little darlings. <laughs> yeah, you didn't completely hate it. O'Neal. Yeah, you were I, just you were mad there. There was no titties. That's well. Can you blame me? Uh, well, you <laughs> might be able to. But uh, all right. So uh, wrap it up for Mother's Day. I just want to say I would recommend this film. I concur. I liked it okay. I'm not gonna like I say. I, this is not something that's ever gonna be. I'll beat you with a wire hanger. Like I'm glad yeah. that I watched it once, but and I think it's good. But because it's so emotionally taxing, I don't know that I can sit. I, down gr- and watch I agree it with again. that too. I, I would just say, depending on your viewing history and what you're interested in, it might be something you enjoy. But I wouldn't recommend this blindly to anyone. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving right along, rounding third and heading home, getting into. Uh, Fun little film called Serial Mom. Dates and details. Serial Mom, 1994. Uh, written and directed by John Waters. The godfather of filth. Um, actually top casting with Kathleen um, Turner. Um, 
kind of a, a lot of usuals for uh, John Waters film. So Mick Stoll, uh, Ricky Lake, uh, Tracy Lords. I'm sure there's some other small characters that were uh, that are in a lot of his films. The one old boy within a he was the second Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark: The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> The one he's got all oh, the, the kid porn. from Chucky. The one he's got all the porn all the time. The kid oh, yeah. from Chucky. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam Watterson, <laughs> Matthew Lillard. Uh, you're talking about Justin Whalen, who I know from Child's Play 3. Uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> so uh, that, that's a central cast there. Suzanne Summers, of course. And then uh, Patty Hearst, who was also in Crybaby. Patty Hearst. You want to go into... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who patty hearst is i was elected to lead not to read uh so patty hearst for those of you who don't are you know, going into pat i met i met the movie. oh serial mom okay so uh serial you know who patty is, got that shit up. syndrome i'm gonna beat you with a wire hanger <laughs> no wire hangers what how would you dis- well okay initial thoughts so I, I let's let's go in so some people might be like why are they doing Serial Mom on a horror movie podcast? But why wouldn't you? Uh, and this would, will also lead into another episode that we're going to do as well. Yes. Of what do you what constitutes? Because I definitely consider this movie a comedy, but you could say it's a horror comedy. But but I also consider Little Shop of Horror exactly. A comedy, but, but I consider it a horror as well. Let's be honest. If, if you completely, absolutely, will never watch any horror movie in your life, you're not going to watch Serial Mom. Yeah. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you don't like filth, you're not watching Serial Mom. <laughs> I had seen this in my youth when it came out. And youth? Ute. Ute, uh, the two Utes entered the store. What is that word you're saying? Um, so, uh, this is actually only my second time watching it, and it's so much fun. So much fun. Something I plan to watch more often. Uh, this came out around that age where I was allowed to basically start watching anything that came out. So it was, I remember getting it off pay-per-view, taping it, and just thinking it was wonderful. I mean, since a young age, I loved uh, kind of true crime and the idea of serial killers. I love comedies. Uh, and even, you know, in uh, very, well, very soon, Matthew Lillard would pop up in movies that were huge to me in the 90s. And so that only kind of helped cement his legacy. He didn't have it at that point when I saw this, but it was just, uh, I knew who John Waters was and it was important to me at that age to have like, this is mine that when this came out, I watched it, it was new. And I remember, uh, you know, some adult relatives talking about the movie and being excited that I could contribute to that conversation. So it was just a, a whole laundry list of things with that, that made, made me have fun with it. And it's aged wonderfully uh this was the first time i'd seen it which is weird because i think i might have actually been the one who suggested this for this episode you did um my mom i remember always being a john waters fan and watching stuff when i was a kid now me being a midwestern teenager i wasn't interested in any john waters movies back then uh as i've gotten older and more mature i've uh i have a more open mind and enjoy more things uh so I was for this. I was just interested to watch it because I have watched other John Waters stuff and I have enjoyed it. And I also think that, like we say, uh, it's weird to have it in a. Some might think it's odd to have it in a horror podcast, but at the same time, with John Waters, I think that it's it's very difficult to 
corner what he does into a genre. Um, and I think that, you know, from seeing just merchandise and cosplay at horror conventions, there is John Waters stuff everywhere. They love John Waters. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. He's been at days of the dead conventions as a guest before, like, uh, yeah. And they've got, you know, and you'll always see your, your divine, products out there t-shirts and such your pink flamingos i've seen cosplay of pink flamingo absolutely um so while you while it may not be pure horror uh i think that any of john waters work somehow it fits in with the horror genre even though it it may not uh textbook fit in with it i think that somehow there's a place i i feel i feel completely it fits in yeah, I was gonna say, and in fairness of all of them, I think this one more than any of them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, initial thoughts, I really didn't know what I was. Gonna, I mean, I've seen John Waters' movie, so I kind of knew what to expect from the movie. Um, but I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, I don't know. There's just a, a thing with with John Waters' movies where it's just just different. It's just different. You know, there's a certain flavor that you're gonna get but you really don't know what direction things are going to go. And I enjoy that about it. Yeah. And I think that he's very good at kind of forcing uh, the viewer to look at and laugh at kind of the, the suppressed dark angles of American culture, um, which I is what I think the whole point of, of this comedy is, which is to uh, kind of examine and poke fun at, uh, our obsession with crime and fitting in, especially in suburbia. Yeah. Um, he's a Baltimore native, so we take it out to the suburbs here of Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, for this story. And I think that it, uh, I think it's, I think this and Crybaby are his best made films. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where he I'd had uh, biggest, definitely biggest social commentary. Yeah. I think they had a lot to say. I think that um, he had, a, you know, wonderful resources. Um, and money to do that. Um, but, you know, and we can go more into it on, on kind of the examination on kind of poking fun at uh, and the kind of the dark humor within serial killer culture mm-hmm. in America, which to me, I think is, is a, a, a blend of that and kind of roles in suburbia and the American dream that he's kind of poking jabs at in both directions. So mm-hmm. I think he, I think he nailed it. I think it's still it's just as entertaining now as it was twenty years ago. Oh yeah. Um, so my initial thoughts of this movie, uh I don't think it played in, in our town when uh it came out. So it was still a smaller release. Um but my mom, um, it's weird, my mom does not like horror films. But this is something we watched together for the first time. She loves Kathleen Turner. Um Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Well and and this is nineteen ninety four as well, so I don't know if, if when especially viewing it for this time, if you think about the culture in 94, you were coming off of Men- the Menet- oh, Menendez. I just had a stroke. I'm sorry. The Singing Menendez brothers, OJ Simpson. Uh, true crime was like huge. Like court TV was taken off. Um, it's funny. The commentary, uh, John Waters mentions that like a lot of people believe this is real. I think the first time I seen it, the way the movie's made, I'm like, Oh, it's a real case, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it even says based on a true story. Yeah. So, um, uh, I remember like this is something we watched uh, together for the first time. I think we bought the movie. We watched a lot since then. Um, I, again, like I think Kathleen Turner probably sold my mom on it, but like my mom likes weird, dark humor. Like she hates horror movies, loves mysteries, loves comedy. Um, 
So to me, um, it was great. And then on the other side of it, like Matthew Lillard and his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. They are the horror movie nerd. Um, and I think the reason John Water movies always fits in with the horror community is they're about outcasts mm-hmm. and and the the freaks of society. Um, so I think anybody can I- identify with a lot of his films and the and the over the top. Um, but a lot of his characters in the films are always called like perversion. But I'm like they're they're our community. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I've always loved this movie. I think I've owned it on every format. So like VHS, DVD, Screen Factory just came out with Blu-ray a year ago. Um, and yeah, it, it's it definitely a movie that I loved it the first time I watched it. And every time I watch it, I, I still continue to love it. And it, and being it holds a, up being a teenager of that time. I love the feel and like the video store in it. Like, yeah, I love oh, yeah. the era that it's set into. So and it's it was a nostalgia. That was a real, uh, work in a video store. That's my pet peeve is, is when you watch a, like when you watch clerks, Miramax was owned by Disney. If you look, it's all Disney movies in the background of some like dimension or Miramax. This movie had legit video. Like it was different movie companies. And uh, there was also like Tracy Lord movies and stuff. I was going to say, I loved how they had Shock of Dead (laughs) placed right. So there there were some fun ones in the background. But yeah, it was was like a, it it looked like they they filmed in a real video store. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just got to say, Kathleen Turner doing those obscene phone calls. (laughs) Hilarious. Gold. I mean, (laughs) her her acting in this film. Not only that, but you're introduced to the character by like, oh, like she's like doing the bird call. Like, oh, yeah. And then as soon as the cops and every her family leaves, it goes straight into an obscene phone call <laughs> to Mink Stoll, of all people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, we find out that uh, Kathleen Turner is our serial mom, and she is killing people for things that she perceives to be wrongs. Societal <laughs> wrongs, wrongs to her family. Don't steal her parking spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just, wear white just, after yeah. Labor Day. Mom rolls, man. Mom yeah. duties. Yeah. And so she goes on a killing spree for that, and it's all totally justified. In be her kind, head. rewind. She's a pretty terrible murderer. Let's be honest, though. Leaves trails of clues behind. <laughs> <laughs> trails of clues. Uh, yeah, I mean, she basically goes after, as you said. I mean, ranging from uh, teachers mm-hmm. who have given less than favorable <laughs> uh, thoughts on any of her children in school, um, boyfriends who are stepping out. Which that in of itself, <laughs> how she kills him. That's enough to have it on our podcast where she's pulling out its innards on a fireplace bunker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, can, I, can I say one of my favorite scenes is the, uh, the aftermath of that? And Tracy Lords is, is clearly upset and screaming. And then there's a sexy cop, and then and she starts like flirting with him. I'm like, <laughs> and I, I think that to me, John Waters' movies are all about the smaller characters and their, their like little weird oddities that mm. they have. So that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, and she goes after just people who have just given a difficult time to their family in any way the ridiculous like bad patients from the dentist office <laughs> yeah. calling her husband in from family time and him having to go in and deal with that <laughs> right the customer uh get arguing over <laughs> rewinding ghost dad i mean you can't beat it ghost dad one of the professor's favorites <laughs> yes yes really puts me to sleep <laughs> awkward <laughs> hey uh, but uh, but you can't beat that woman fixing her gigantic ass sandwich and putting on Annie and then getting beat down. I I I too love watching Annie and getting my fit lick, my feet licked. That that dog <laughs> licking the feet was fucking disgusting. That's funny though. Disgusting. And this movie also, uh, I believe one of my notes is 
made me not want to eat chicken ever again. Dude, you know, there's a, there's a percentage of them old women out there, though, that get a little too comfy at home, get their program set up, their sandwich. It's like your damn dog is licking your feet. What the hell is wrong with Go that? Go to town. Oh. Like the nods to uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis in there and the concern with the sun drawing the, the movie posters. It's just there's, there's just so much stuff throughout, and they never try and make the plot too thick or complicated. Yeah. It's it's breezy, but it has something to say without being too serious and heavy handed about it. it. It's just, it's a fun indictment. I felt like me. it also cemented itself to me for nostalgia when L7 yeah. was in the movie. <laughs> yep. I was like, wait a minute. I, like, I hear it, my ears perk up. I was like, is that, it is L7. Yes! Like, I was so excited. And you get that. part of their, their trust from their light show involved so in a murder. You get to see Camel Toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is extreme. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that's not an accident either. Waters is probably like, no, no, no. Bring it around from this thing. <laughs> Big fake Camel Toes. Yeah. What about that little perverted dude in court where she starts wagging, <laughs> wagging her legs to get him to, oh, to, yeah. to throw out his testimony, which shaves her ass Who was, who was, uh, who was like waiting at the glory hole in the bathroom? Yeah, that's when he saw her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's boy. Like, what a I did it all up. I, don't I think my favorite interaction, though, is, is between her and Mink Stoll. Because mm-hmm. even uh, when she's like trying to, to rile her up and she's like, are those pussy willows? Yeah. It's like, what did you God just say? I said, Pussy Willows. <laughs> I love that Suzanne Summers is going to play her in a made-for-TV movie. Yep. That's what's totally believable about it. It's yeah. like, Suzanne Summers ain't playing anybody on a big screen. But on the small screen, I totally buy it. What when up? they're... Oh. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, when they're getting their photo together, and she's like, No, Suzanne, that's my <laughs> bad side! After she kills Patty Hearst for yeah. wearing white, white shoes. after Labor Day. Fashion has changed. Fashion has this changed. Right now. But yeah, I love that once we have narrowed her down and taken her to court, the the poking fun uh, and all the just the cash grabbing in all directions to do with a serial killer. Because I mean, at that point, um, when was Dahmer brought into court? Was that like da- a year Dahmer before? was a couple years before? I think. Yeah. So it's but, like that's still relevant, kind of in the zeitgeist. And she was, Dahmer was she was after. reading a lot of the like Ted like. I love that Ted. I never noticed before that Ted Bundy's voiced by John Waters. She has the tape recording, uh, but she's constantly reading like uh, serial killers and yeah, with, with a with like a uh, jacket over uh, the top of. Like, I think uh, the, I don't know. I'm viewing for this where I was just trying to watch it. I'm like, I kind of feel like this is obviously not the first time she's killed, and there there could probably be a prequel. Yeah, where she's probably like done this for for years, but or a serial grandma, but. I don't know. I, I uh, I've always loved this movie. Well, I, I you know, and you got the kids charging outside the courthouse. You got, I mean, everybody's just cashing in on it. So, because I feel like, did we figure out when Dahmer's ninety one? So you're right, it was before okay. This. So it's it's still kind of in recent memory that because that swept the nation. I mean, there were oh, jokes yeah. going around with that. And, so and I think I think Dahmer was it. like the last big serial killer. But then, like with this movie, was right on the curve. That it was like. I think uh, the Menendez brothers was was going still in trial in '94, I think. Yeah. And then OJ Simpson and like OJ like, would have been a year or two. Um, later. you know, if if you watched all the court TV stuff, you watched the Michael Jackson trials and 
Like any trial was like the big. I was going to say, even with Dahmer, there was so much of that videotaped and open to mm-hmm. the public. So yeah. the fascination with sitting in on these proceedings yes. makes it all the more relevant for what a circus, you know, her, her hearing is. Right. But I, yeah, I love that it never tries to get too preachy or, or too cute with anything. It's just a fun movie. It's a blast. It's a blast. 10 out of 10 recommend. Word. All right. I think we've said all we can say about Serial Mom. Well, mm-hmm. talk probably go on for another hour. But uh, <laughs> uh, just a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on any of the films we've just covered? Mm-mm. Or Mother's Day. What were some of the other uh, films we talked about watching for this? Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest yep. was it. Uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, Whack ass Rob Zombie Halloween, <laughs> Psycho, Halloween, Psycho, yeah, Psycho. yeah. The, the Psycho franchise, sure, sure. So lots of options for you for Mother's Day out there, monsters. You can uh, watch the Mother's yourself. Day, the trilogy after New Year's Eve, and what was the other film they did? Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you want to go that route too, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. All right, lots of fun. Thank you all for tuning in. Closing it out here, I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot toddy. Venomous Vinny. Stay scary, my friends. Queenie!